This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play Doctor Online. Oh, happy anniversary. Happy oh, anniversary. Please. Happy oh, come on, anniversary. Guys. Happy anniversary. Oh, gee, for this. a cheerful toast and fill it. Happy anniversary. Yeah, yeah. But be oh, careful shucks. you don't fill it. Happy anniversary. Come on. Oh, I know, I know. Happy anniversary. You do, happy you do this too much. Happy anniversary. Well, uh, as that little... Uh, song I stole from the Flintstones cartoon uh, indicates um, there's an anniversary happening, or has happened. Uh, It would have been last weekend. Now, I did not do a new show last weekend, um, but uh, so that would have been actually the uh, calendar, uh, according to the calendar, that would have been the true 10-year anniversary of Dimland Radio here on the Talk Radio Network. I have been doing this show for 10 years. And and who would have thought the resident skeptic would have outlasted every other show that's been on Talk Radio? Even the flagship show uh, called The Buzz. I, I'm not even sure how many new shows or current shows there are on Talk right now, but I'm here. <laughs> um, and I, I guess I just won't quit. Uh, not every show that I do is all about skepticism. Um, it's it's not. I mean, because I like to have a variety of stuff. Talk about things that are on my mind. It tends to be somewhat topical. Uh, but I, I, I try to, I don't know, hopefully keep it interesting for anybody who's listening. Uh, anyway, so I've been doing this for 10 years. Last week, when I didn't do a new show, I, I was to bound and determined to put in a show in the feed so that people who get it downloaded through iTunes or uh, Podbean, which you can subscribe to Dimland Radio on iTunes. You can follow it on Podbean. You can check for wherever you uh, check at wherever you get podcasts and see if you can find Dimland Radio. I think it's out there in most places. And subscribe. And if you do like the show, you know, nice review and five stars. It'd be nice, but it's not required. Um, I'm not asking for anybody for money uh, yet, <laughs> because I don't think I have enough listeners to really make any sense to have ask ask people to send me money. <laughs> but maybe someday. Uh, otherwise, um, I do intend to keep doing the show. It's something I enjoy. 
and I look forward to it. I stress over how am I gonna what am I, how am I gonna fill an hour? You know how I don't know how radio professionals fill two, three, four hours of radio a day. I don't know how they do it. Uh, I, I, I don't. But I come up with an hour a week, and hopefully I do okay. Uh, I'd like to thank Scotty Rorick. He is the uh, station owner. Uh, I haven't had much uh, contact with him. I should probably reach out to him to see how he's doing. You know? uh, and just say, hey, you know, I've done 10 years on there, and I thank you for allowing me to be on this network for this long. Will Z-Talk last a lot longer? I don't know. Should Z-Talk Radio decide to hang it up? If Should Scotty decide to stop funding the station? Um, then, you know, I guess Dimland Radio can, can just continue as a podcast. It could just go that way. And I maybe I'd make some changes in how I do things. But let's just see what happens. Um, I do enjoy our weekly visits. And when I don't do one, it feels weird, but it also feels nice to not have the pressure of putting together a show. I gotta say. And it's pressure I pretty much put on myself. Uh, but anyway, I want to thank Scotty Rourke for you know the opportunity to, to stick around on Z Talk Radio. And I'd like to thank my listener. Uh, okay, I do have more than one listener. <laughs> I'd like to thank them for sticking with the show, especially, and I have to call her out by name, it's Trisha. She's been there from the beginning. She's there every week in the chat room. Most of the time, lately, it's just she and I. And we'll, we might chat a bit. We might not, but we're there. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so thanks to everybody listening. And I hope, you know, if you do like the show, suggest it to somebody else who might like this. And, and we'll see if it can grow. Oh, and by the way, uh, there is Dimland Radio swag now. There are t-shirts that you can get with a Dimland Radio logo on it. Um, and so you can get to that by going to dimland.com and I think there's a, a link on there where you can get to the store and you can see stuff that you can get. You can see some of my artwork that you can get on t-shirts or on other things. Uh, my wife has got a lot of stuff set up with that way. Uh, so yeah, you know, if you want to hoard something at this time, hoard Dimland swag. That would be awesome. Just, get, you know, get a dozen t-shirts because you know I mean they're almost as good as toilet paper okay um, I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna speaking of toilet paper <laughs> I went and did some grocery shopping fairly recently and a, a big amount we got our tax refund back and 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 we've been uh, needing some stuff so I went out and, and got a bunch of groceries and uh, through a couple things on the pile that I might not normally get. Uh, one of those was a, uh, a DVD set of four movies for 10 bucks, nine dollars and99 cents, but that's that's 10 bucks. Yeah. What's a penny among friends? Uh, and it's the it's the first four dirty hairy movies. Uh, and, and it's um, I mean, there are five altogether, but this one just has the first four. And I saw it, and I thought, well, ten bucks. You know, I already do have Dirty Harry on DVD at home, but I don't have the other ones. 
and they are a bit of uh, diminishing returns. Each sequel that comes out is not quite as good as the one before it, uh, sort of. Uh, but, you know, Magnum Force, the second Dirty Harry movie, I remember that being pretty good. And for ten bucks, to have that, and then have the other ones, I might not ever watch them, but I could, you know. And then, at some point, I probably could sell the one Dirty Harry one that, you know, I could sell that, maybe. But anyway... Uh, so I thought what I'd do, you know, I mean, oh, it was funny too. I'm in the I'm in the checkout line, at uh, and with all my groceries, and it's quite a bit of groceries at this point. And there was an older couple standing behind me, and the uh, the older fellow says to, says, "Oh, you got a big family, do you?" And I said, "Well, no, we're just kind of stocking up on a few things." And I, I held up uh, two packages of Peeps. You know, it's Peeps season because Easter's coming, so I hold up a couple packages of those. I said, "You know, got to get the essentials." And then I and then I show them the, the dirty hairy thing and you know, in case we're in case we're quarantined, something to watch. And we chuckle, you know. And that's that led to something. Now allow me to slip into atheist corner here. I'm bagging up my groceries, and the old fella, he's bagging up his groceries, and we're chatting a little bit, and and we're just saying how crazy it is that you can't find toilet paper anywhere. People, please stop hoarding toilet paper. So it's, I mean, I, underst I understood the hand sanitizer somewhat, but really soap is better. But I understood that. And, you know, the cleaning products, the disinfectant products, I understand that going. But toilet paper? I, I, that just didn't make sense to me. Anyway, um, so the, the, the fellow and I were, were, were chatting while we're begging up our groceries. And then uh, as, we're, as he's taking his leave of me with his good lady wife, he says, uh, well, you know, we just, uh, we just got just to gotta trust in God. Words to that effect. You know, just got to put our faith in God. Uh, kind of, uh, uh, I give him a grunt. Mm. I bit my tongue saying, really, really, really? We should, we should, put, we should put our faith in God. Uh, where was God in preventing this thing that's going around the world? Where, where was he? Well, how, how come he didn't prevent it? Huh? Huh? You know, it's just, it's just, was, it, was it like the way some of these, these uh, evangelist types are saying, you know, the, the ones that, uh, you know, that find a reason for uh, uh, God allowing such things to happen because uh, it's to punish a, a group of people that, that, that they hate? You know, it just happens to be a group that they hate, you know. Well, you know, the, the LGBTQA folks, I think, I hope I got the letters right. But, you know, them, you know, those folks, you know, the queer folks, we, you know, this is what they're being punished. This is this is the punishment of that because, you know, it's, oh, the, oh, God just happens to be allowing this to happen because of people that you hate, Right. You know, it's funny. God never seems to be. I've never heard suggested that God's allowing this to happen because of all the, you know, all the priests molesting children. Never, never hear an evangelist saying that. But you know, it, it, you know, gay people be, being allowed to be who they are, queer people being allowed to be who they are. <laughs> you know, God's got to punish that. Of course, I, I didn't get up on that soapbox with the guy. I just kind of. Ah, yeah, ah, yeah, and let him go on his way because why? <laughs> why? Why do it? It's just not, you know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk him out of it. I'm just gonna come off as an asshole, and I don't want to do that. So we had a pleasant encounter, which is something I've noticed that people seem to be just a little bit nicer 
uh, unless of course you're going after the last pack of toilet paper. <laughs> but for the most part, people were just kind of were just looking at us like, "Can you believe this?" And you know, and I didn't want to get too deep into talking about the terrible thing because I think we need a little break from it. At least I'm not sure we're going to have it. So, so I thought what I'd do is I would uh, give a little a little mini review of each of the Dirty Harry movies that that I picked up, if that's okay with you guys. So, of course, we start with Dirty Harry, uh, which is from 1971, uh, and it's, it stars uh, uh, Clint Eastwood as Harry Callahan, who is a San Francisco uh, detective. He's an inspector is his rank, um, and he's, uh, he's, a, he's a tough, take-no-shit cop. Carries around a hand cannon, a 44 Magnum, which can you know blow your head clean off, and it's he, he's just just he's just you know he's that guy, and and I will say that the all the Dirty Harry movies uh, have this uh, this underpinning idea of the conservative law and order attitude. They have that you know what about the rights of the victim sort of thing. So and that's that's really big in in in, in that especially in the first movie, the rights of the uh, of the of the suspect seems to be uh, put so much higher than than of the of the of the victims. But you know, innocent until proven guilty, right? That's the system, right? So so and the thing about uh, the first movie is it does have a feel of the of a gritty cop drama. It's unusual. It seems odd to me that they pick San Francisco for for it to be. And but you know, it's and it's 1970s. So even San Francisco is given that sort of that 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 grittiness. Not quite the same grittiness that New York City would get, because it's just too sunny out in San Francisco. But it it, it has that sort of feel. And but Harry Callahan comes across just a little bit of super cop. Uh, not quite as super cop as he would develop to be uh, in later movies, but just kind, of, just a, just the, that takes it away from just like a, a like a normal gritty cop drama. Not normal, but it's just a, a, a cop drama uh, with you know uh, like like Bullet would be uh, uh, the guy's not a super cop. Uh, Steve McQueen's character Bullet is not a super cop in that movie. Some people say that that Bullet isn't that great a movie, but it's got a great car chase in it. But I enjoy it as a cop procedural kind of thing with a cool car chase. So anyway, Harry's this guy. Harry Callahan's this guy with a great big gun, and he just you know shoots first, asks questions later kind of thing, and has that great speech at the beginning and when he st when he thwarts a bank robbery and there's one of the guys that he's shot and he's laying on the ground and he's reaching over to the shotgun to just thinking maybe I can shoot this cop and get away, and uh, you know Harry's there and he's he says ah he says I know what you're thinking did I fire six shots or only five and then he says well I had to tell you the truth in all this excitement I kind of lost count myself but you got to ask yourself one question do you feel lucky well do you punk yeah and and there's a payoff to that and the that little speech gets used again later in the movie with a little twist to it so it's not bad uh, you know, I, actually I think it's a really good movie I enjoy it you know you do have that that 
conservative aspect to it, which is fine. That's fine. And his authority, you know, his his superior officers and the mayor don't really like his tactics, but they're 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 not as as hard ass about it toward him as they would become in later movies. They're a little sympathetic. So you can under so it's not as uh, much of a stretch to think that, you know, how does he get away with this? Because in the other movies, his superiors are so mad at him for what he does, but yet they keep letting him get away with it. But in this one, there's a, there's a scene in which the mayor is saying, look, I don't want to have another incident like we had in the Fillmore district last year with you. And then Callahan says to him, well, you know, if I see a guy that's you know, chasing a woman with intent to rape, I'm, I'm going to shoot him. And the mayor says, well, how do you... How, do you, how did you ascertain he was intending to rape? And then, not to give it away, but Callahan had, a, Callahan had an answer. It was, a, you know, it was a good one. And then he walked out of the mayor's office. And the mayor says to the chief of police, he turns and says, he has a point. So <laughs> there's a little bit of sympathy there. A little bit. There's some cringe moments in there in the, in, you know, the use of uh, racial and ethnic epithets. Uh, there's a little cringe in, to be there, but it's 1971. Mm, it's got to take certain context into, into consideration. But the best thing about Dirty Harry is its villain. Uh, a young actor, young at the time, named Andy Robinson, who later went by Andrew Robinson, who Star Trek fans will know him best as Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Uh, he played a uh, um, played a Cardassian, which is one of the you know one of the species that shows up in Star Trek, um, who has uh, is on the outs with his people, and he's he's stranded with uh, with the with the humans and the Bajorans. Don't ask. It just is. But he's very duplicitous. He's very deceptive but he's he's pretty much a good guy but he's just he's got this way about him and uh robinson is so good at playing that character on, D, uh, on deep space nine it's just so good and he's really good as the villain a character called uh called scorpio who just wants to get some money and kill a few people and all he's asking for the first is a hundred thousand dollars which it was a lot of money in 1971. Still, is a lot of money now. But his first kill is a, a young woman who's swimming on a rooftop pool in some tall building, and he's up in a taller building. And he makes sure that his uh, shell casing is found, left in place, with a note saying, "You know, this is what I want, or I'm going to kill more people." And it's just that he plays he plays it creepy, he plays it psycho, he plays it um, you know determined and dangerous, and just this oh, he's just so good at what he does. It's such a good villain, and that's why that's part part of the reason why Dirty Harry is so much better than the movies that had come out later. Okay, I'm going to talk about the other three when I come back from my first break. Uh, let's see. Let's get it lined up. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back after this break.
getting some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio on ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Uh, up talking about the Dirty Harry movies, at least the first four, because I bought a four-pack of them and I just watched them this, this week. Uh, the second of the Dirty Harry films, uh, which came out in 1973, is called Magnum Force. And uh, this one has a, um, an intriguing uh, opening. Uh, as the as the titles are coming by and the credits are, are happening in the opening, uh, we just see a, a red background in a widescreen format sort of thing where um, I'm sure it's Clint Eastwood. He's holding the 44 Magnum uh, in profile. He's aiming toward the, uh, the, the left side of the screen. And he's just holding it there while all the words go across and all the, all the letters crawl by, you know. And he's just holding it there. And then, as it uh, as it as it rolls out, you know, show who show who the director of the movie is. Uh, he turn the, the the gun turns toward the camera and fires. Interesting beginning. Uh, and this one is it's it's not as good as the first one, but it's not too bad. And it it centers on these these uh, well the villain for this one. I'll start with the villain. It's a group of uh, four uh, traffic cops. They ride motorcycles, and they are—they're—they're they're pretty much rookies. Uh, They—the four of them were—I uh, think they were in uh, the the arm uh, the army rangers or something. I think they were in those uh, prior to uh, joining the police force. And they're all hot shots. You know, they're all great with good with guns uh one of them one among them is the, the absolute best he says she's really good with a gun and their favored weapon is a 357 magnum not the 44 
that that Harry uses. And what happens in this movie is these we we see you know I'm giving away some stuff. Sorry, to, but come on, the movies from 1973. Uh, the four these four cops are going out and they're taking out the really badass bad guys in San Francisco. Uh, the film starts with uh, I think it's a it's a, car, a courtroom where um, a case is being dismissed uh, against a, uh, a really bad guy because the evidence is so terrible and it's just there's no evidence and so they let him go he goes free but the city all the people hate this guy and he gets away with it well he's they they're leaving court he and his lawyer I guess and they're driving around and they get pulled over by a motorcycle cop and that motorcycle cop comes up and then the next thing you know he's killing him. Just shoots them, bam, bam, and then just drive, just calmly walks away, gets back on his motorcycle, and off he goes. So it's these four guys that are doing this, and there's a point in the show where uh, Eastwood, uh, he's investigating this crime, doesn't know about the traffic cop angle yet, but he goes for a late night uh, sh uh, shooting range practice, and he meets them because they're in there doing some shooting practice, and there it's like a these young guys are just really admiring. Harry Callahan, because he's a, you know, he's a tough, take no shit, you know, cop that that believes, uh, you know, believes in getting the bad guys, and, and so they they think they're, you know, there's a simpatico there. That's what they think, but they don't let him in on it that that's what they're doing. And when these guys are played by David Soul, he's the he's the hottest of the hot shots. And then there's Tim Matheson, who whose first, I believe, his first major role as a as a performer of some sort was as a voice actor for the original Johnny Quest. In the original series of Johnny Quest, he provided the voice for him. So anyway, so there's there's so Tim Matheson, um, and then um, uh, Robert Urich, a very early uh, film for him, uh, maybe his first, I'm not sure. And then there's a, another fellow named Kip Niven, which I don't know too much about him. But these four guys that are going around doing these things. Now, this is the first film in which a, a, a hard-ass commanding officer uh, is introduced. And he's played by Hal Holbrook, who looks, who looks pretty darn young <laughs> in this movie. And he's, he just cannot stand uh, uh, Dirty Harry's, you know, Callahan's way of being a cop. You know, so there's that. He's really disgusted with him. In the first movie, the upper uh, guys were saying, you know, you get a little out of hand, Harry. And this one is like, I can't stand the way you be a police officer. You're just, you're awful. And that seemed to set the tone for the rest of the movies so that the commanding officer uh, would be that way with Harry. Uh, it's not bad. It's got the some of the grittiness to it. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's, it, it, how can you be as good as the original? But it's not bad. It's worth watching, and it was worth my. That's that's my intent was like, well, to get that movie for ten bucks, that's cool. All right, next one, The Enforcer. That one came out in 1976. Now this one, I I'd seen. I've seen these movies, all of these movies before. I didn't think I'd seen the the, the fourth movie, but uh, I had. Uh, the Enforcer comes out in 1976, and. I was a little, when I was going to watch it, I went, eh, it's got, and I'm sorry to be like this, but it has an actor in there that I don't really care for as an actor. Not that they're bad. It's just there's this style that bothers me, I guess. I don't know what it is. It's hard to pinpoint it. And it's Tyne Daly. And she, see, as the as the Dirty Harry movies 
come out, there's always some, you know, reflecting what's going on at the time. And and at this point, it was, you know, women's lib, women's rights. And, uh, you know, the, the San Francisco police force wanted to advance women within their policing. And uh, so they wanted to bring in more women into the, uh, to the rank of inspector. And Tyne Daly plays one of these, you know, a cop like that. And she gets assigned to be a partner with Dirty Harry. And, uh, and he's not too thrilled with it. He doesn't, he doesn't like, you know, he thinks a woman will get him killed because she can't, you know, she's, you know, because he's a, he's a pig, of course. And I don't mean just because he's a cop. So there's, and, and I, so I was a little uh, worried about, am I going to be able to like this with uh, Tyne Daly? But she did okay. She wasn't, I didn't, she was, oh, she's not that bad. But there were some things about how they showed her character. Um, she had this big, cumbersome purse with her. Now, I think even in those days, you know, the police force would say, would discourage uh, their detectives bringing around a big purse. It's just, it's, I don't think they would do it. And also, they would encourage proper footwear. If you're going to be chasing somebody, she wasn't always wearing high heels, but she was wearing a higher platform shoes at some point she's wearing high heels at another point and if she's running she's got that a dainty tip you know stereotypical dainty woman's run you know, she's and it's just like I, I wish they would have made her more impressive she, she should have been more impressive she was okay but she should just it's just like this running like that I, I found that to be a little eh. but the thing here, is with with Dirty Harry the original he had a great villain Scorpio was a great villain Magnum Force the four guys uh, were villains I guess but they you know and they were interesting because as a group and that and I'm, and there's something I'm not telling you about that movie but okay because I don't want to spoil that uh, and then this one the bad guys was a group that's a that's a, the the uh, the movie's equivalent to the Symbionese Liberation Army, which was that group of uh, terrorists that uh, kidnapped Patty Hearst back in the 70s, and they got her to rob banks with them, and you know, they they were they were a group with you know power to the people, and that's what these you know this group was, and I found them to be rather stupid and inept. Uh, their leader was supposed to be this kind of crazy guy, uh, and. He, you know, he kills a fellow in the beginning of the film with a, with a with a knife, and he makes this quivery cheek, crazy eye look, and I just I never really bought it um, that he was that crazy. So, so they're the villain of that film didn't bring it up. You know, it's it's like a James Bond movie. You got a great villain, you got a good James Bond movie out of that. Uh, the better the villain, the better the Bond movie. Well, same thing with Dirty Harry. The better the villain, the better the Bond movie. So Enforcer wasn't too bad. But here's the one that, uh, the next one, Sudden Impact. Now, I hadn't, I thought I hadn't seen it. Uh, but as soon as I started watching it, and, and I thought, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I, 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 I have seen this. And it's, it's the one with the immortal line, go ahead, make my day. Uh, and much like in, the, in Dirty Harry, 
it's said early in, in the film, in Dirty Harry, where he says, the, did I fire six shots or only five? Do you feel lucky, punk? That is said at the beginning of the movie, and it's said later in the movie with different sort of context to it, a different feel to it. They do the same sort of thing here in Sudden Impact, where he says, go ahead and make my day, and of course that line's going to show up again later. Uh, Sudden Impact is also the first of the Dirty Harry movies to to have been directed by Clint Eastwood. And it, it, and it just starts off, and it has this very 80s score, theme music, very 80s. It's done by the same composer, this movie, uh, Sudden Impact, as the, the composer for um, Dirty Harry and Magnum Force, uh, Lalo Schifrin. I hope I got the name right. Um, and in Dirty Harry, that score is, is uh, um, it's kind of cool. You know, it's got the, the 70s feel, a little funky, a little cool. Just, you know, but boy, when they do the 80s one, it's a little hip-hop. It's got the scratching record thing, and it's just like, oh boy, this is in the 80s. And the movie was released in 1983. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, it's... In that one, there's a, a... Sandra Locke is playing a character named Jennifer, and she's a revenge killer. She's killing uh, a group of people who uh, raped her and her sister. And the group of people, most of them in it, are cartoons. And... Um, uh, there's a there's a lesbian character who's uh, shown as a you know like the the old stereotypical the real butch tough lesbian with the with the flannel shirt and the and the down vest jacket and she just who laughs at all the wrong things and then uh, you know and then there's the crazy guy you know if you if you didn't think if you didn't buy the crazy guy in the previous movie this guy oh he's he's going to make sure you buy that he's crazy because he's going to be seen chewing crazy laughing and crazy eyes and rah, 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 just, just you know like that and so so uh, Jennifer is killing these people uh, uh, and Harry is he's pissed off the mob and so he's he's sent to another town in order to investigate these killing these people uh, and to get away from the mob uh, and let's see how much time am I gonna get? okay um, so I'm just checking my clock here it, it well, let me gather my thoughts about some of this other part of this film because it's. Uh, but you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim, Doctor Dimfit Simmons. I will return after this break. Oh well, it's this world over. Oh well, next one begins. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z-Talk, Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what, you think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the Happy Birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. 
Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. We give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm reviewing, briefly, the uh, first four Dirty Harry movies, in case you forgot during that break. And I'm up to Sudden Impact, which, as I said, it's sort of a diminishing returns as each movie sequel comes out. Dirty Harry, I think, was as excellent. Magnum Force, pretty good. Enforcer, okay. The Enforcer, okay. Sudden Impact, kind of silly. And and in, in each film, uh, Eastwood becomes, uh, you know, or Callahan becomes more and more of a super cop, I think. So, um, in Sudden Impact, there's, and this is going to send me off on a little rant. There's a um, uh, a scene in there where uh, Harry meets up with an old friend that he hasn't seen in quite a while, and the way they have them meet is uh, uh, well, it's a switcheroo. If you watch it, you'll understand what I mean. And so, okay, they haven't seen each other in quite a while. Fine, this you know, uh, uh, but they're you know they hook up again. And Harry is in that smaller town, and he heads back to uh, his his hotel room at some point. And he heads in the door, and he does what so many characters do in movies when we're not supposed to know what there's you know what's going what's inside that room. They walk into their apartment or in their house, and they don't turn on the light. I don't know. It's just like. I, if I'm coming home at night and it's dark, or if I'm coming home and it's you know it's dark in the house, or I'm going into some place where it's dark in there, first thing I'm doing is turning on the light. First thing. And some movies, they have the character do that. Some movies, they they go to switch the light on, but the light's been you know been tampered with, so it's not working. You know, but they at least try. But. You know, there are other movies that they just walk in and they walk around in the dark. You can barely see anything. And then at some point, maybe they put a light on. Or it's just turn the light on when you walk into a dark room. So anyway, see, that's what he does. Walks into a dark room and he trips over something which growls. And when he does finally get some light on, we see this big old bulldog... I don't know if it's an English bulldog or an American bulldog or whatever it is. It's a big white bulldog with this just ugly. It's but it's cute and it, there it is. And it turns out that this guy that he hadn't that that was a friend of Harry's that he hasn't seen for a long time thought it'd be a good idea to give Harry a dog. Um, 
you know, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't think it's a good idea to buy somebody, a friend of yours, who you haven't seen in a long time, a dog out of the blue. Just bring him a dog. Here you go. Here's a dog for you. Yeah, I don't want one. I don't want a cat either. Don't don't get him a pet. If you're a parent and you know, you know, surprising an old buddy you haven't seen for a long time with a pet is not a good idea. If you're a parent and you want to surprise your kids with a pet, well that's different because you know that you're going to have some responsibility in taking care of that pet. It's it's you're prepared for that and it's a surprise for the kids. If you're in a couple and you know your partner would like to have a pet and to surprise them with that pet, then okay, that's fine, but wouldn't it be better to take your partner out and have them choose the pet that they want? Wouldn't that be better? But okay, those are that's okay if you want to do a surprise there, I guess. But don't do what happens in this movie. And the only reason they bring the dog in there, well, there's two. To make comic relief because the dog pisses and farts. And to have a meet-cute between Harry Callahan and Jennifer, our revenge killer. I mean, it, he's, he takes the dog out for a run, and he doesn't have the dog on the leash. The dog runs ahead and uh, knocks Jennifer off her bike, and she's mad at, at Harry. He says, you know, if you can't control your dog, you should be on a leash. Correct. should be on a leash. should be on a leash even if you can control your dog, but, you know, if you're not hunting <laughs> and sending the dog out to scare up some whatever they scare up, fine. You have, but you know, have him on a leash. Anyway, so she's right. So that's their meet cute, and then later, you know, she's mad at him. But later, Harry uh, sees her at an outdoor cafe, and he he joins her, and they, you know, and uh, they, well, they hit it off. And it's it it's, but it's just it's so so stupid to have the dog thing in there, and uh, and it it's also oh, we got to get to this. It's also uh, one of these. And now, it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Well, <laughs> here's the thing about that dog. When Harry gets the dog first, he trips over it in his, uh, in his hotel room, and then the dog pees and farts, the dog is a male. And it's obvious it's a male dog. It has a rather prodigious unit hanging from its belly. Uh, yeah, I mean, prodigious for a dog. So, you know, it's a male dog, okay? But then, when the dog knocks uh, Jennifer off her bike, it's a female dog. Now, I know male dogs have nipples. I know they do. It's just like human males. We have nipples. But, you know, and, and that female dogs, their nipples aren't necessarily any bigger than, than a male dog's, unless the dog has just had puppies. And that's quite obviously the condition that this dog was in. It was absolutely female. It had, I don't know if this is the right word for it for dogs, it had teats hanging down. It was obvious it's a female. It's like, it just had puppies. And, and, and then it would switch back to a male, and it would switch back to a female. Now, I understand, at least I think, 
that you know, like the ASPCA or you know the animal rights people that uh, that help work with ho- in, with Hollywood to make sure that animals are used in movies that they're not harmed and they're treated well. That, you know, and that's that's good. That's a good thing. I don't have anything wrong with that uh, against that. Um, but and they probably have some rule in there that uh, a dog can only be used for so many hours in a day, and so that's why they would have two dogs that look like each other. It's if they want to do extra sh- shooting with the dog in in a, in a in a day, they go to the other dog. Just get the other dog to do the work and and switch them. But they should both be the same, either male or female. They should both be the same. It, it's it's. I mean, if you can't make the effort to find two dogs that look like each other that are of the same gender or sex or whatever the, you know, however that works out, I, I, never mind, yeah, just however. If you can't get two males or two females, then don't have the dog in there. In fact, they shouldn't have had the dog in there anyway because it was stupid. So that's my pedantic moment. <laughs> that they... That they did that, and and it was a it was a goof that was caught by uh, at least a couple of people on IMDb when they have the goofs page about movies. Uh, but the particular movie has an entry of, of of goofs that people will find out continuity errors and stuff like that. As the movie goes, it's it's uh, you know it's uh, it's just it's uh, you know uh, <laughs> it's okay, but uh, I tell you. That dog thing. How much time have I got left in my show? Um, I think I will uh, move on to a uh, a cool thing. Uh, and I I know I've sort of touched on the the whole um, uh, this coronavirus, this particular strain that's that's got everybody in uh, not a great place around the world. It's affecting all of us, and boy, we're all little worried about where things are going how are things going to ha- you know you know what's in, if, if if not being worried about getting it ourselves uh our older relatives my parents i've been calling my parents every day how are you how are you feeling you know the things have been shutting down here in minnesota uh, the casinos have shut down, which is something that my parents will go. They'll go down to the casino two or three times a week. Um, they're they're very good about being within their means as far as that goes. But it's a little entertainment for them. It's something they enjoy doing, and uh, you know, so it's it's not like they're going to lose their house. <laughs> it's that kind of gambling. But it's it's since you know, we're 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 kind of happy that the casinos have closed. That it keeps them home. Uh, they're going to probably get a little stir crazy, but like I said, I call them every day. How are you guys feeling? Part of the reason I'm doing that is because last Saturday, I started not feeling so well, and it's and I and I was worried that maybe it was this thing, but it's not. I mean, because I've never developed a fever. I checked my temperature throughout the whole week. I I never had a cough. I never had any breathing troubles. So, you know, it's those things. Didn't get a stuffy nose. Didn't really nose. What I would have is some body aches and a foggy, headachey head. And and that lasted. That's kind of still been going. I feel okay right now. And hopefully I'm better and better each day. But I've been also making sure that you know, I'm the only person in the office and making sure if anybody comes in the office, we keep a distance. I, I'm 
cleaning stuff with disinfectant wipes and uh, and when I clean buildings I am wiping down every surface I can I'm wearing gloves and, and all that so you know I'm practicing social distance as best I can uh, but you know it's you know we'll see where things go after this I mean I'm I, I'm confident I didn't have it because again I didn't have any of the major symptoms other than some body aches but yeah, I, I just I, I I could have I just had something else, and my wife is uh, thinking that some of the headache stuff that's happening is just me worrying, it's just worrying myself into it. So, well, let's see. Anyway, I was over at my parents' house last Saturday, and I was starting to feel some symptoms. So I've been calling them every day. How are you feeling? Are you okay? Are you okay? So, well, not just being a dutiful son, but making sure <laughs> I didn't give them anything, and I also called my neighbors. Not that I've been over to their place, but uh, we have older neighbors living near us. I've called them because, you know, reach out to your neighbors and just see if you got their number. Call them up. How you doing? You okay? You should do these things. So I wanted to f uh, finish with, uh, with a cool thing. Uh, on Google today, uh, today would be the day I'm recording this is, is March 20th, 2020. Uh, Google, they have their Google Doodle. Which was, it was a video of an animation that shows uh, the proper way to wash your hands. You you hear in the breaks if you listen through the breaks. I, I've got the CDC ad, uh, pu uh, public assistance, uh, uh, public uh, public service announcement. Sorry, get that. Uh, I have one of those up there about how to properly wash your hands, and uh, the Google Doodle. Well, it shows it and it times it for you so it's at least 20 seconds and, and that kind of thing. The one thing it doesn't do, and I learned this from the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, is it doesn't show you that you should dry your hands well too. Dry them well. Uh, apparently dry hands are less conducive to picking up germs than uh, wet or moist hands are. So dry your hands well after you wash them. With a paper towel, ideally. Here in our house, we have regular towels, but we each have our own towel. So, you know, use your own towel, and I, and I launder them frequently. So, you know, we're trying to keep on top of that. And so the, 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 the Google Doodle is cool, but this is a twofer uh, cool thing. In that, the, uh, when you click on the Google Doodle, you'll also get to some information about a fellow named uh, Ignatz, Ignatz uh, Zemelweis. Zemmelweis. Ignatz Zemmelweis. I hope I get that right. Uh, and I'm going to read this a little bit. It's from The Independent, uh, their website. It's written by Chelsea Reichel. Uh, this is from today. And uh, I'm just going to read this article. I'll link to it in the show notes, which you can get to by going to dimland.com and click on the show notes. Uh, yeah, my sound on the end of the show still says click on the blog option, but click on the show notes at dimland.com. And you'll get to the stuff on the, on the show that's been featured on the show today. I'm going to read this article to you. As coronavirus continues to impact millions of people around the world, Google is highlighting the importance of hand washing with a doodle dedicated to Dr. Ignaz Zemmelweis, uh, known as the father of infection control. Oh, let me pause here. I'm I'm okay with them calling it coronavirus. I guess the 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 name of the disease is COVID-19. That's been getting more and more used on the on, on TV. I guess technically the virus name is I think it's SARS-CoV-2. 
I think that's what it's called. And that's the that's the virus that causes the disease called COVID-19. So I'm I think I'm I've got that right. Uh, continuing with the article, uh, Zemmelweis is a uh, Hungarian physician. Um, is widely recognized as being the first person to discover the medical benefits of, of hand washing. So this goes back in time a bit. On March 20, 1847, Zemmelweis uh, demonstrated the importance of clean hands when he was appointed chief resident in the maternity clinic of the Vienna General Hospital and began requiring all physicians to disinfect their hands with a solution of chlorinated lime. Prior to his appointment, new mothers were dying at high rates of an infection referred to at the time as childbed fever. In the, so, uh, in the hospital, they would die. After launching an investigation, Zemmelweis uh, deduced that the cause was doctors carrying infectious diseases on their hands from operating rooms to the new mothers. As a result of his hand disinfection uh, initiative, mortality rates in the first division dropped from 18.27% to 1.27%. Dropped by 17%. 17 points? 17 Huge drop. And in March and August of 1848, no woman died in childbirth in his division. This is according to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Despite the correlation between doctors with clean hands and lower death rates, many of Zemmelweis's um, colleagues in the medical world rejected or ridiculed his idea. Zemmelweis became increasingly frustrated with his contemporaries, whom he accused of murder over their lack of belief in the importance of medical cleanliness, and was eventually admitted to a mental hospital where he later died. Oh, the good old days. It wasn't until after Zemmelweis's death that his beliefs were validated through the widespread acceptance of germ theory of disease. And in addition to paying tribute to Zemmelweis's work, the Google Doodle is especially timely as it aims to educate people around the world about the proper way to wash one's hands, one of the most effective methods of preventing the spread of disease by sharing tips and educational video from the World Health Organization, or WHO, according to WHO, people who should wash their hands for at least 20 seconds. So that is a really cool thing. And before I sign off, just a, a thing for me, um, I want to say a, a special thank you uh, to my sister, Nancy, uh, to my friends Dave and Michael and Craig, and of course uh, to my honey bunny, my wife. Um, they have each in their way provided a shoulder for me to lean on uh, over the past few days when I've needed it. So um, uh, I'll say to you guys, uh, stay safe, wash your hands, uh, don't panic, but take this seriously, and uh, we'll, we'll see you, I hope, next week. Good night. Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Yeah, stay skeptical and uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Don't panic. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. We'll get through this somehow. We'll see what the world's like after we're after it's done. But 
you know, what else can we do? We just have to kind of keep getting through this. I'll see you again. I'll see you next week. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm, I'm going, going to hell. hell.